So in this session, I'm going to be talking about my first real boyfriend. I'm going to also be talking about um, my parents' relationship and how I perceived it, um, as well as growing up in Compton um, as a child. And I'm going to be honest, for me, I actually had a really good childhood. I wasn't sheltered. I wasn't locked up because, hello, I lived in Compton. Everybody assumes it's truly dangerous. And don't get me wrong, it is pretty dangerous, but so is every city. Um, By this time in my life, I was about, I would say maybe... 10, 11, I was still in like fifth grade. And um, growing up in these apartments off of Rosecrans and Long Beach, you know, it wasn't necessarily a bad neighborhood, but apparently the street we lived on was a street where a bunch of gangbangers, I guess, took over. But they were never there. Like, they didn't exist to me. And I was old enough by then to know, you know, what a gangbanger is and stuff like that. Um, But they were never around. Like, it was just a, a, a street that they named for themselves because that was their gang. And it was just... Like, they weren't there. You know, we... There was a bunch of kids who lived on this street where all these apartments were. And there was at least 15 of us where we would all get together. We would play. We would run. Hide and go seek. Tag. um, Jump from garage to garage. um, Even hang ropes from, like, the balconies and, and play Tarzan. And we would do a lot of things I had a a pretty decent childhood like like I said I wasn't locked up I wasn't afraid to be outside I wasn't um, concerned about somebody snatching me like it wasn't like that Um, but there was a period where uh, that lifestyle of the gang did actually um, end up right in front of me, and it was it was actually really hard to see because that truly took my you know it it made me acknowledge that you know there are horrible horrible things that do happen. Like, it's stuff that you would see in the movies and, you know, on TV, but never in front of you. And this time it was. So, we were all playing outside. And it was, I would say, maybe somewhere between 7 and 8 o'clock. It was starting to get dark. Or it was already dark. Um, so, we were all playing outside. 
and all of a sudden you hear this car come screeching down the street and all you hear is the, the brakes and you hear you hear the car stop so hard that the tires literally like burned and you just hear that that sound from when the car you know just stops um and then all of a sudden there's this guy in the middle of the road and he's dying he was shot so his gangbanger friends didn't know what to do other than to bring him to our street and drop him off and then they literally took off from from my knowledge you know i don't see why they couldn't just drop him off at, in front of a hospital but apparently they don't do that they drop him off on their street supposedly street where they they name their own and leave it to other people to find them and call the call for an ambulance you know it was dumb. It was so dumb. And I was so mad. Because I couldn't believe that they would just do that. And. That was the first time. I ever saw. Somebody dying. He was. Bloody. And holding his stomach. And. He was no more than like maybe. 16, 17 years old. He was a kid. He was young. And because of that stupid lifestyle, you know, honestly, I don't know what happened to him after that. I remember like everybody surrounding him on the street, my dad coming and, um, like trying to take care of you know the situation and i remember my dad yelling at me to 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 leave you know go inside the house you can't see this you shouldn't be seeing this go inside the house and i i left i left slowly but i left you know It, it It is a hard situation. And it is hard for a lot of people. You know, growing up in Compton as a female, I think it's different. Obviously, it's different. Because you don't have actual game bangers coming up to you. And trying to say, hey, where are you from, SA? Or, you know, anything like that. Just stupid. Just stupid stuff. You know, asking you where you're from. You know what you claim and all this this BS. But but I have seen it with friends as I got older. And I'll get into that a little bit later. But you know, it it does happen. The way people say that that type of stuff happens, it does. It really really does and you have to 
you have to fight it to stay away from it. But that was my first and absolute last time I ever saw anything like that and experienced anything like that. So not long later, after that happened, a boy happens to come into my life. Um, I'm like five, I mean five, <laughs> duh. I'm like in fifth grade and this kid, he's like maybe six, seventh. You know, he's he's a little bit older than I am. And he was cute. And so every so often, you know, this is when playing started to change. You know, I wasn't out with the other kids that much anymore. I was out with this boy, um, holding hands, spending time with him, dancing, you know, in his apartment with, you know, a bunch of other kids close to our age. And I used to love dancing with him. He was tall, well, taller than me, at least. I mean, I'm 4'11". Anybody's taller than me. But he was taller. He had dark, curly hair. He had a, he actually did have a really nice smile. Um, and I absolutely loved, loved the way we danced together. It was, like, almost perfect. We meshed into each other when we danced. Like, it was... I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And to be honest, I never, ever, ever found another person that can dance, that I could dance with the same way I did with him. I know it's so stupid and it's so the song, but um, I couldn't. Like everybody that I danced with that new Spanish music there wasn't that connection and he does pop into my life a couple times after this situation that I'm going to talk to you about but I I think out of everything that's what made me like him even more was that he was such a good dancer at least with me so He's much older, like I said, and there, there's this girl who lives, you know, on our same street, and apparently she liked him too, and I guess he would flirt with her, or, I mean, she was older than me, she actually had boobs and butt, and she really liked him, and she would try to punk me, because... I'm small, and I was still much younger. Um, so there was this this time where I was skating around the block, or at least you know around my section of my apartments. And she came up to me and she started yelling and talking all kinds of mess and just being so stupid. And she pushed me. And I got so mad. Like, so, so mad. 
this part you're gonna be like what the hell but it's real it actually did happen so I fell and then I went upstairs to my apartment and I took off my skates and I don't even remember putting on shoes I just took off my skates and I was like in my socks and I grabbed a butcher knife I chased her around the block with this butcher knife she was so scared and I swear to you after that incident she never messed with me again like I don't know what the hell I know what other than just complete absolute anger like I was just so mad that And my mom tried to stop me. What are you doing? What are you doing? But she couldn't. She just, she couldn't. She couldn't catch me. And I ran out the house and I ran after that. I found her and I ran after her. I just, I ran. And yeah, that was the end of that. (laughs) She never messed with me again. But God, can you imagine if I if there was a cop having to drive by my main street? Because we live like it was a little side street, and then there was that an actual main street. I could have easily got pulled over. Well, not pulled over. Like they, who knows what the hell they would have did to a you know ten year old with a butcher knife? Like that's crazy. That literally, even to me nowadays, that's like, I think about it and I was like, damn, what the hell was wrong with me? I was just so mad. And so that boy and I, we stayed together. And we stayed together for for quite some time. And um, then my cousin came along. You know, she's... I'm part Hispanic. I'm 75% Hispanic, 25% Caucasian. And my cousin, she is 50 and 50. Or I can actually really say she's 75% Caucasian and 25% white. I mean, Mexican. But she looks light skin, you know, blonde kind of ashy hair, brown hair. She she looked like a typical white girl. And she was visiting us. And that's when everything just went downhill. Um So he started to flirt with her and apparently she, you know, she didn't know about us, even though we, her and I were the same age, but she was taller. She already had boobs. She had butt. And obviously she was pretty. And it, it really did mess with my head because he was supposed to be my boyfriend, but yeah, he's flirting with my cousin. And it, it, it made me think, you know. Am I not pretty enough? Am I 
you know, am, am I still, like, do I look like some little girl? Like, and he would flirt with her and just, he would try to be all cutesy with her, but then come to me when she's gone. And I would be mad because that's just not right. It's not right. And then there was a time when he was, he was like, okay, you know, you want me to be with you? Let me touch your breast. And I was like, uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm still young. I'm, I'm not like, I'm not even in my teens yet. I'm still young. Like, I'm no, I'm not going to let you do that. And I was like, no, we're done. That's it. And that really pissed me off. Like that he would ask me to do that. And that that would be the only way that he would stay with me. And so after that, I absolutely hated him. I hated him with a passion. I was so, so mad. A couple months later, you know, because his family and my family were, were kind of close, and we all decided we were going to take a trip. And he happened to want to sit next to me. And apparently he wasn't talking to my cousin anymore because, well, she didn't live in Compton with us. She lived, like, in Riverside, you know, she, she long gone so we're sitting in our in our van and he starts to tell me you know I like you but I need more and this time I gave in and I let him kind of sneak his hand underneath my shirt while we're all in the car And after that, I was like, you know what? No, this is still not right. I'm not going to let this happen anymore. And I slapped his hand away from my breast. And I was like, no, don't come near me. Don't, I don't want you near me. I don't want you by me. We're done. I don't want to have nothing to do with you ever again. And fortunate for me, not long after that, we end up moving anyways. By the time I hit sixth grade, we end up moving to a house in a different side of Compton. And um, that was like pretty much the end of, of that type of relationship. But it did, it did like twist my head up. You know what I mean? Um, it made me, as I got older, do things that, like, it just wasn't right. Um, and, you know, as for my parents, they weren't a good, um, they, they weren't, my parents were very dysfunctional. There was times where my dad would yell at my mom, curse at my mom, call her out her name, pull her by the hair. Like, my dad was pretty physical 
and verbally and even mentally abusive to my mom. And not just my mom, also to myself, to my sister, to my brother. Um, but, I mean, I, as I've gotten older, I've come to the understanding that we are how we are raised. And I'll get to that later, in, you know, in the future, but... Um, seeing that like I didn't have good role models I didn't have a, a real I didn't have a good relationship with my parents um, my dad was working a lot my mom was raising us and even then she raised us the best that she could you know given that she didn't have a mom herself um my mother and my aunt apparently were in and out of the foster system. Where was my grandmother in all this? To be honest with you, I don't know. But also, my grandmother would have never been any better role model for my mom anyways. My grandmother was so twisted as well. Like I never got along with my grandmother because she was so twisted. And mind you, I love my grandma because she's my grandma. But her way of doing things and thinking, no, like, no. So my mom was in and out of the foster system because my grandfather, um, he tried his best to take care of my mom, but... Um, he was sick out of the military, had body issues. He was always in a brace and he was, he was just, he was very unhealthy. He was not healthy at all. And by the time my mom ended up back with my grandmother, um, she was already like 15, 16 years old and, um, Eventually, she ended up meeting my dad. And they weren't together very long. So, my dad had spoke to my my grandmother. And exactly what the conversation was, I, I don't know. I think he went to go ask her, you know, if, if it was okay for him to date my mom. And somewhere in between all that happened, apparently my grandmother told my dad, if you take her, don't bring her back. She's your problem. She's yours. And all I can think of is my mom was only 16. What the fuck? When I heard this and I've had this conversation, like my grandmother never denied it. She never denied it because... I'm, I was always one to speak up and, and defend and ask questions because I had it in my head, you know, parents are never always right. Adults are never fucking right. Like, they're not perfect. They're mediocre, just like everybody else. But all I can think of was, how fucked up is that? So my mom raised us to the best 
of her ability. And it wasn't good. It wasn't good either. It wasn't healthy. My mom was as well, you know, verbally abusive. And even at times, you know, as much as she tried not to, there were times where she was a little physical. But I'll be honest, I was always a, a pretty bad kid anyways. I'm very rebellious. So if I got a smack here and there, I probably deserved it. Um, but yeah, like my parents were not good parents. My dad ran away from home because my grandfather, um, was abusive himself. He would hit my dad and my aunts and uncles with belts. And he was also verbally and mentally abusive, even though you would have never saw it because my grandfather was a, a, a short, really skinny guy. and But that's also because he was my grandfather and I already, like, I was older. You know what I mean? I, I saw my grandfather that, in that way. When my dad was a kid, I'm sure he was not so old looking. You know what I mean? And there were stories of my dad getting beat. And this is from my uncles and aunts from off uh, of my dad's side of the family, even cousins from my dad's side of the family. Um, but apparently, again, my dad was kind of a badass himself. But eventually he ended up leaving and jumping the border or getting smuggled into the United States. And he lived in the dumpsters for a little bit before um, moving in with an aunt of mine and eventually getting a job and then eventually meeting my mom. So neither one of them were brought up very healthy. They didn't have good role models themselves. Um, you know, but my dad didn't know how to do anything different. He would get mad. He would put us in a corner. Um, which was his easiest thing for him to do. And then there were times where he was really pissed and he was hit. He would hit us with a belt or even an electrical cord. Um, but he always felt guilty afterwards. He always apologized. He always... Like, we were never in trouble for very long because my dad would feel guilty and I understand why he would feel guilty because he's pretty much doing the same thing his dad did to him. But it's those vicious cycles that are hard to get out of, to change. Um, because even with will, sometimes you end up bouncing backwards instead of moving forward. And that was the type of relationship I always had in my head. Like, that's what I got from my parents, you know? Dysfunction. That's what I thought relationship was. I thought that was normal. And I didn't have anybody else around me that wasn't like that. Everybody else had issues that I knew of. I had an uncle that used to literally beat his wife. Like... I had aunts and cousins that were verbally abused. It's a vicious cycle. 
it's a vicious cycle that does not ever, ever change unless you truly, truly make that effort. And that's what ended up happening. That's how I was raised. So I didn't really have a lot of self-esteem. I didn't have a lot of um, people there to tell me what was right and what was wrong. Um, My mom did talk to us about sex and my mom did explain, you know, if anybody touches you in a wrong way, who's an adult, you let me know. But she never mentioned a boy. She never talked to me about that type of stuff. And so this one relationship kind of shaped the way I ended up doing a lot of my other relationships, how I ended up with a lot of my other relationships. And in the next next session, I will be discussing that. Um, So I hope you liked what you've heard and kind of made you think, because that's the whole purpose of this is to make you think and wonder. And um, so I'll see you next time.